Thank you for listening to this new episode of our podcast, By the Still Water. Our purpose is to encourage your search for the God of heaven. Again, thank you for listening. In March of 2021, it was announced that the deepest shipwreck ever found had been surveyed. It sits more than four miles below the surface in a deep underwater canyon. The men that photographed the wreck were amazed at its condition, even though it had been in the water for more than eight decades. Two things stand out when you see the pictures of the shipwreck. First, you can see the extensive battle damage and the holes made by enemy fire, including the badly mangled command bridge. The second thing that is obvious is the number painted on the bow of the ship is still clearly visible. The number is 557. The name of the ship is the USS Johnston, and the story of how it now rests on the ocean floor is worth telling. In all of American history, no group of men was ever as outnumbered or as outgunned as the crew of the Johnston, one of the largest Japanese fleets ever assembled including the largest battleship ever built, the Yamato, was racing to destroy a group of helpless American transport ships, unloading soldiers on the beaches of the Philippines. Knowing that thousands of Americans were at risk, Captain Ernest Evans of the Johnston ordered his tiny ship to attack the oncoming enemy fleet. After being damaged and Captain Evans being wounded, they managed to escape. But when other American ships tried to attack the Japanese, Evans turned his ship back and attacked again. Amazingly, after being damaged further, the Johnston slipped into a rainstorm and escaped for the second time. But a few minutes later, Evans heard over the radio other American ships desperately calling for help. Captain Evans turned the Johnston back towards the enemy fire for the third time. But this time, there was no escape. However, even as enemy shells tore the small ship apart, and Evans ordered his crew to abandon the cripple ship, the enemy fleet did the unthinkable. They turned away from the helpless American beachhead and retreated back the way they had come. They had been attacked with such ferocity that they thought they were facing a much bigger fleet. The landing beach was saved. Meanwhile, Captain Evans, who had continued to fight against the longest odds, even while gravely wounded, was never seen again. There are many stories in human history that tell of similar courage. The 300 Spartans that held the pass against the Persians has become legend. The British soldiers at Rourke's Drift or at Dunkirk, or the firemen climbing up the stairs of the World Trade Center on 9-11, all sacrificed themselves so that their fellow soldiers or citizens could survive. In each case, the deeds of these individuals are celebrated, monuments are built, and we often stand in awe of their willingness to give themselves so that their companions could live. The Apostle Paul mentions how remarkable such acts of self-sacrifice are. A modern paraphrase of Paul's words says, Very few people will die to save the life of someone else, even if it is for a good person. Someone might be willing to die for an especially good person. Paul sets a condition for these kinds of courageous acts. It would seem when you look at stories like Captain Evans that those sacrifices are given when in service to fellow soldiers or fellow citizens. He died protecting the American soldiers and sailors on the undefended beach. The enemy was trying to attack, 
and he placed himself and his tiny ship in the way of that attack. But the context of Paul's statement is not about military history, but a better and deeper understanding of a different act of sacrifice and courage. Here is the context of Paul's statement. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one would hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. One of the familiar themes of the stories of men like Captain Evans is that they were acting on behalf of those that were helpless and trapped. In the case of Evans, it was the 18-year-old soldiers carrying rifles that were being offloaded onto the beach. They would have been completely helpless and trapped if the mighty Yamato and the other Japanese ships had attacked them. They would have been completely powerless to fight back or to escape. Paul makes that point, but adds something that we can overlook unless we visualize what he is saying. Paul says, we, you and I, were the ones trapped and in danger. It no longer becomes a story from history, but the critical factor in our own survival and hope. It becomes our personal story. But then Paul gives us another element that makes this story unique. Paul writes, For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. The term ungodly here describes people that have actively been ungodlike. They have been opposed to the things, the ideas, and the purposes of God. If that is not clear enough, two verses down, he uses the word that we most fear. We were the enemy. Here is the difference between the stories of courageous men like Captain Evans and the story of Jesus. Jesus did not sacrifice his life just for those that were his allies, his friends, his fellow citizens. But his sacrifice was made to rescue his helpless enemies. Yes, we have all fought for the other side and have even hated the ideals of the God of heaven. We have spoken out against God. We have rebelled against his commands. But still, Jesus could not let us die without a way of escape. Jesus died to provide a means of rescue for the hopelessly trapped, even if those trapped were the enemy. One of the important questions that needs to be answered is, why? Why did Jesus do that? United States Army Captain William Swinson was serving in Afghanistan when his unit came under fire from the local Taliban fighters. A number of soldiers in his detachment were wounded and killed. Swinson ran through the enemy fire to begin pulling the wounded to safety. As he helped load his wounded sergeant onto a helicopter, Captain Swinson leaned over and kissed him on the head. He then ran back into the fight to rescue more. Simon Sinek, an expert on leadership, uses this incident that was caught on video, by the way, as an example of a concept that is often overlooked. Extraordinary leadership and courage are driven by love. Paul, talking about what Jesus did for us, says it this way. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
The word love often confuses people. In the English language, we say, I love ice cream. I love my wife. I love my family. God loves me. All use the same English word, but the meanings are very different. In the Greek language, the language used to write the New Testament, they had different words for these different concepts. Without going into all the different words, let's just look at the word Paul uses here. The Greek word Paul uses is agape, the love that seeks the best and the highest good for someone. Our highest need was to be rescued, but that rescue would only be possible by Jesus sacrificing his own life. To save us, he willingly and knowingly gave his life. That is agape love. To take this another step, the book of Hebrews brings this a little further. The writer says in the second chapter, But we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. There are a number of points in this section that we will discuss in later podcasts, but he ends this statement with the phrase that Jesus did all of this so that he might taste death for everyone. But the collective idea of everyone misses the most personal part of this explanation. What this statement means is that if a single person had been in danger, Jesus still would have died for them. This was a personal rescue mission for Jesus, to save anyone that was willing, even if it had been just one person, even if it had been just you. This is the love that is demonstrated by God for all of us. The impact of this personal rescue mission, a mission to rescue those that were enemies and motivated by love, gives us a chance to examine a very well-known verse with fresh eyes. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. What is the greatest danger we face? According to this verse, we understand that what was at stake was a choice between perishing and eternity. The rescue mission was so that we could live for eternity. The motivating factor was the love of God, the agape love, the very word used by Paul. And the price? Jesus gave everything. To sum up, we were trapped and helpless, but God's love provided a way of escape. But the only means of escape for us was that Jesus sacrificed everything. There is also a choice to believe in the rescue or not. A man by the name of Truman became a local celebrity when he refused to obey an evacuation order. He said the danger was exaggerated, saying, that mountain ain't going to hurt me. The mountain he was referring to was Mount St. Helen, an active volcano that erupted just a few weeks later. Experts believe that Mr. Truman is buried under more than 150 feet of ash and rock. We don't start out believing in the rescue or in the love of God, but we can learn about it, begin to understand it, begin to cherish it, 
and then act upon it. To live because of love instead of die. For his courage that day, October 25th, 1944, U.S. Navy Captain Ernest Evans was posthumously awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor. William Swinson was also awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor for his actions that day in 2009. The nation honors the rescuers and the courageous. How shall we respond to the sacrifice of Jesus, the one who came to our rescue, the one that knew that we were helpless? Will we honor the one who knew we were trapped? Will we honor the one that loves us? Will we honor the one that gave everything so that we could live? Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.